0: My mom passed away when I was really young, so for after that, for about six years, my dad was, uh, I call it, he had a period of looking for a new wife, I suppose, and then me and my sister were really young, and um, we always welcomed other women in our lives, and we always wanted to have a new mom, so to say, you know? And um, yeah, and then the teenage years hit. Um, it also was co- uh, combined with my dad marrying a woman who was who was nice in the beginning um, but then the whole story turned into this like Cinderella story with a really evil stepmother so to say your lifelong passions dreams and aspirations your joys and creative spurs your femininity your success all in one place
1: this is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Girl Skill Podcast, where twice a week we're having an insightful conversation with a kick-ass woman about her life story, her version of success, and her femininity, so we can all learn from the lessons she's learned along the journey and applying to our own lives. And before I get into this very special uh, New Year episode and tell you about our very special guest, let me tell you, um, let me actually wish you a Happy New Year. Uh, I hope you're uh, getting over the celebrations and I hope you had a magical holiday season. First of January is usually known as the day where you do nothing and uh, recover from everything. I you had had you gr- hope you had a great night and uh, just had an amazing time. And I want to wish you for 2018 uh, or if you're listening to this after 2018 or New Year's, um, I want to wish you three things that I wish myself every year, which is more self-love, trust in yourself, Yourself and peace in your heart and in your mind. These are the things that really keep me going every time. And, you know, when I feel down, when, when things are going wrong, more self-love is what we all need. Trust in yourself that everything is going to work out. We're all playing a game here and we're doing our best. And of course, peace in our heart and our mind, which means, you know, less worry, less trouble and just ease and flow and peace. Um, And as my gift to you, I decided to release this very special episode, as I told you, where I am my guest on my own show. Actually, not my guest, but I am um, (laughs) Robin Legat's guest on my own show. I found another amazing podcaster from a seasoned athlete podcast. Podcast. So, Robin uh, usually interviews women over forty who've got who've done incredible things in their um, athlete and fitness life, and she's like interviewed you know women from the first ever Boston Marathon, women over sixty, and sometimes even seventy. So, it's been incredible. I really wanted for someone to come on my podcast with really high energy and interview me about my story and you know all the tools that I'm using and everything because I got so many requests from girlfriends and listeners being like, "Well, Anna." What is your story? What are your tools and resources? And what do you think about success and femininity? And to be honest with you, it was it was uh, it was amazing to be on the other side and I and I, I mean I knew it before but I realized you know being a guest on a podcast is not an easy thing sometimes you're nervous I was actually nervous you don't know what to say how it's gonna sound you know like how do you answer all these questions so yeah I had to really think about some of these questions which was really cool uh, but there's also as you might understand a lot of pressure um, of being uh, you know a guest on your own show and so far I've interviewed 43 women which has been amazing and I've got some amazing content and it was a lot of kind of pressure and responsibility as well as especially answering questions like femininity and success so i truly hope you enjoy it um this episode is really the story of how it all started for me you know in a, in a tiny eastern european country of moldova that a lot of people don't even know it exists or where it is on the map you know where for the first 17 years of my life my i my life just seemed quite average uh, only that it wasn't for those of you who don't know i lost my mother when i was really young at the age of eight and i and i was left dealing with an evil stepmother that's why this episode is called cinderella has <laughs> all her dreams and as a teenager you know i was quite a rebel skipping school and getting into gang fights smoking cigarettes drinking alcohol basically being rebellious and um, i was also a natural and natural leader and i always knew what i wanted and i hated pressure and hated to be put in a box freedom was one of my greatest and deepest desires since i was a child and i wasn't going to let anyone take that away basically i was fighting for life and fighting for survival and it was a very very hard time for me so i talk about it and um you know my my ticket to make Making all my dreams come true um, was basically when I won this competition to be an exchange student and left to the United States when I was 17 for a year. And since then, it all went crazy. And as you know, um, you know today I travel the world full time as a digital nomad. I'm building my business online, which is Girl Skill. Um, and basically, I talk about the road to. To, to this kind of lifestyle to launching two different podcasts in the last four years becoming an expert in online marketing top writer on medium uh, and my path to you know self-discovery femininity self-love becoming a yoga instructor and of course uh, the story of my love meeting a string my future husband in Colombia and getting married in Moldova so uh, make sure to stay until the end where I share all of my top tools and resources oh my god there's so many so much stuff that I love reading and listening um, you know I share my super productive morning routine but also the apps that I use to track my cycle and alignment to the moon the podcast I'm in love with and listen to daily you know some of my favorite fiction books and transformational life-changing books on femininity and creativity and much much more and you know it's really funny like I was thinking about it I'm recording from an apartment um, in Bondi Beach in Sydney Australia uh, we're uh, staying here basically for a week and we're we're in Australia visiting family and friends and all that because my husband is Aussie and uh, for New Year's we're going to go and see the fireworks at the Sydney Opera House, it's all very grand, I'm super excited. But, you know, it's it's such synchronicity to be recording this today because me being in Australia and Bondi Beach uh, truly shows like how I made all my dreams come true so far in that sense. I mean, there's always much more and now I'm at a different stage of my life but, you know, I didn't even dream about visiting Australia. It was just like such a faraway continent with kangaroos and koalas and whatever and I just saw it on TV and in the magazines and, you know, I'm freaking married to an Aussie now and planning to live in Australia for a while and it just bit crazy when I think about it, you know, a tiny girl from Moldova, the poorest country in Europe, chilling out on Bondi Beach and having to pinch myself every single time. Some hot blokes are passing by with their surfboards, you know, it's all really funny. But uh, <laughs> why am I telling you this is that I hope my story and my interview really inspires you and basically gives you confidence to do it and to to go and get your dreams and to, to live a life that you really want to live. Because if I can do it, trust me, you can do it too. And, uh, you know, with, with girl skill and everything all of my interviews and all the content i'm putting out there i'm really hoping that it helps you getting closer to your dreams and living the life that you want to live and for the next new year next for the new year i hope that's exactly going to happen so um happy new year and enjoy this episode girl skill female success redefined
1: hi anna welcome to your show
0: Hi, Robin. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I'm very, very excited and a little nervous too.
1: Well, I'm I'm excited to have you on your show. Um, I feel like a, I feel like in a way I'm intruding, but uh, here I am taking over your show, interviewing you. So. Well, you're
0: not intruding because I'm the one who invited you, so uh, it's all good. I'm I'm super happy and grateful that you're doing this with me because you've got a lot of experience too. So, <laughs> and it's fun. This
1: is very different for me too. I've never interviewed some. I've interviewed plenty of people, but not on their show. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have fun and hopefully you're going to have fun and we're going to have fun doing this thing. So I think we better get started with those blitz questions, right? Let's go,
0: Robin. <laughs> All right, Anna. Yeah.
1: What What is your superpower?
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, It feels so weird being on the other, other side, right? Um, yeah, it's nice being able to ask people those questions, but then when you're put
1: on the hot seat, it's a little harder, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. My, my superpower, I think is in the fact that I'm endlessly positive and I'm in love with life and that light is uh, spreading to other people. So I'm kind of like a lighter of uh, positivity and uh, loving life, loving the world.
1: Well, the world needs that right now. <laughs> the world needs a superhero like you. So I'm Woo-hoo! glad you're the hero. You're the hero that the world needs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. name, name one thing you can't live without. Oh my goodness. This is so hard. Um, well, the thing that comes to my mind is my phone, but that's so like superficial, you know, I I don't think, Oh, there you go. Okay. I can't live without yoga
1: that's a oh, good answer nice that is a good answer and I've, I've listened to your show and i know people like to say their phone and if i was asked i'd probably say my phone too but but yeah. yoga is so much better for you so. i know right
0: it sounds cool yeah. and uh, since i'm a yoga instructor i guess that's what i was also supposed to say no but truly like yoga for me if it wasn't for yoga i would uh crash and then break down multiple times energetically emotionally and physically as well so yeah
1: yeah, so it keeps everything moving along, pumping, working right. Awesome. What is a sport you wish you could play?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, I don't ask that question to a lot of women on the show because I'm like, well, what 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 would it tell me about them? But now I'm thinking, okay, maybe it would tell listeners something about me, something that I can't play but I wish I could play, right? Um, yeah. I wish I could play. Oh my goodness! I don't even know. I'm thinking of a sport like a like a like a t- uh, team sport or something. Like I always wanted to play volleyball, and I know how to. But when I was in the U.S. as a high school exchange student, I didn't make it to the team. So uh, that was that was a bit sad. But. Um, yeah, and tennis. I think big tennis is, is a sport that I wish I could really play because I find it fascinating. And growing up in Eastern Europe, we did not have an opportunity to do that, at least I. So yeah, I'd say big tennis.
1: Tennis, good answer. Yeah. And you know, if you're gonna have me interviewing you, I am an athlete. So of course when I saw your list of questions, I'm like well, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> That's I have a good to point. Ask that one.
0: I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, when I looked at the questions, I'm like, what do I want to know? I wanna know that. Right. All right. What a uh name one person dead or alive who you would like to have dinner with.
0: My goodness. Uh there's there's so many incredible people you know i think it would definitely be a woman um i think it would definitely be a woman who's done something incredible in the past uh i'm gonna talk about dead people because i think the people who are alive i'm gonna have a chance to have dinner with them wink wink uh yeah uh but someone that i can't have dinner with because they're not alive anymore um I don't know. I'm really interested in women, um, <clears throat> you know, like, for example, uh, you know, like Margaret Thatcher or uh, women who led in a way that uh, women who led in the past that did not have all of these opportunities that, that we have. Um, and, you know, a lot of women might disagree with me, but, um, you know, like just women who, for example, Cleopatra. Yeah um or women yeah i'd say i'd love to have dinner with cleopatra and have a little uh, a little chat about life and men and power <laughs> and womanhood
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a great answer and and i like your point about women from the past who were leaders but kind of had to fight an uphill battle and i and i i'm like you said a lot of women would probably disagree because Women still fight an uphill battle in many ways. But the farther back in time we go, the more uphill that battle was mm. and the harder it was for them. So to see great leaders like Margaret Thatcher and like Cleopatra, like I'm sure they would be a fascinating dinner guest. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is your biggest fear?
0: Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this question because that's a really good question I ask everyone, too. Uh, well, I'm afraid I'm, I'm a <laughs> Spiders. I'm in general afraid of all the insects. I think it's like an insectophobia of some sort. Like that feeling of like somebody crawling on me has like I don't know. There's something with it, and I know it's probably some sort of unconscious or whatever. I can work through it. Uh, but my other fear is actually waves. Um, uh, like big waves and you know i tried like my husband is a surfer and he tried to like throw me into the waves and teach me but i and i know this is something to work with right like i'm a big fan of of uh, fighting my fears and uh, i've done it um, many times but it's something about the waves that like the power and the force of a wave that just drags you in and out and um Oh, man, like, ocean is such a powerful force, right? There's something about the waves uh, is just uh, freaking me out so much. And I know it's control, right, because you can't control it. It's such a force that you got to work with it and play with it, and that's the beauty in it. But um, until this point, I haven't managed to, you know, get over it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess it just keeps every trip to the ocean
1: exciting for you, right uh, yeah. there's always that that element of fear that creeps in, but every time you face it, hopefully you get a little bit closer to to mastering it but I, I don't like know. you said, mm-hmm. like you said, the ocean is more powerful than us we can never be more powerful than the ocean so i am i am a diver
0: though so i have my diving certificate and that was a big fear of mine to dive and i never thought i'd do it i i did in my life a lot of things that i never thought i'd do but diving was one of them and i love it It, it's scary every single time but diving is something that i overcame but but something about the waves that's just not yeah I don't know I
1: don't know what it is but hopefully you'll keep putting yourself out there and 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 meeting the waves face to face and saying I'm gonna take on On a scale of on a scale of one to ten how excited are you about life right now
0: I'm, um, I think I'm a 10. I'm a 10. First of all, because I dyed my hair pink yesterday. Uh, that's, really yes, exciting. you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, today I'm getting a tattoo, a new tattoo in a couple of hours. It's going to be on my inner arm here. And that's actually going to be my tombstone quote that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say later because I kind of know okay. how this show goes, you know? So I'm, uh, <laughs>
1: It is yeah. it is probably just slightly predictable for you slightly. but hopefully not for the listeners.
0: Yeah, but I'm also <laughs> excited um because uh, tomorrow we're actually flying to Australia to my uh, husband my in-laws and this is going to be my first time spending uh Christmas and New Year's in Australia and uh, you know checking out Bondi Beach, spending time with family and I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah.
1: That is so awesome. I love that you, you dyed your hair pink one day, you're getting a tattoo the next day, and then you're flying to Australia, going to some place you haven't been. <laughs> on yeah. the same day. Oh, on the same day as the tattoo. Yes. Um, and you're going to go to Bondi Beach, which are, which is a great place to face your fears oh, and God. check out those waves.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm not sure, but we'll see
1: face those australian waves because everything's bigger and scarier over there so are the insects by the way oh my
0: god Uh, stop no i don't want to think about (laughs) it but yeah you're right you're right i've heard stories about the huntsman uh spiders just jumping on you and stuff but oh i don't know it's gonna be my second time in australia so um so far it was good but we'll see we'll see
1: yeah yeah well i'm excited for you and i'm excited for how you how excited you are about life so awesome Well, Anna, this is the point where I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself on your own show and tell us what you do.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Robin. Um, yeah. So for for uh, people who don't know yet who I am, I'm Anna Rova. Rova is my pseudonym, pseudonym so to say. Um, my original name is Chucky Rova, but nobody could ever pronounce it or write it. Uh, so I just go by Anna Rova. And in fact, I'm actually legally now Anna Nikolic, which is my my. Ha- love my husband's last name. So I pretty much have these three names that I juggle around and I have an identity crisis, um, uh, some days, but that's okay. So what I do, I am the host, uh, producer, <laughs> and founder of GirlSkill, which is a, an online platform on the podcast where I talk to real women about real success, femininity, womanhood, and where we redefine what success is for women. And I've interviewed so far more than 35 women, actually more than 40 women, about success and femininity and all of that. I'm also a writer, so I write on Medium um, about life, love, and relationships relationships i'm a yoga instructor certified yoga instructor um and a digital nomad slash location independent entrepreneur i've been on the road full-time working online for more than two and a half years now so uh that's in short who anarova is (laughs) so you keep busy
1: girlfriend yes i do (laughs) my next question for you do you consider yourself successful and why
0: Oh my god, you know, I've asked more than 40 women that question. And uh, it's very hard um, not to get uh, like, you know, not to borrow a couple of quotes, uh, a couple of uh, success definitions from all these women. But it's really interesting. I think all the women I've interviewed kind of summarize it really well. You know, it's all about the journey, not the destination. And it's pretty cool. Um, So but but you know, like, for me, success, um, success is something made up by other people, right? Like made up. Um, by society in a way where, well, some, some, somebody needs a point of comparison of like, you know, if we take all people, who is more successful than that? So it's all about competition, whatever, which, which I see, which I see the point in it, you know, but for me, it's truly creating your own version of success, you know, what is success to you and what does it mean for you? Because it means different things for different people. For me, it's mostly about freedom and joy. It's uh, doing what I love, waking up every day excited and just uh, feeling like I like I'm in charge of my life, you know, and and creating something in the world that makes a difference. And um, it doesn't matter what others think. It's it's all about my version of success. And yeah, that's why I would answer that question.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. And you're right. A lot of people define success or ha- they don't like they don't understand what success is because it's been defined by other people. And so they look at their own lives and it's like, well, I'm not making X amount of money or I'm not living in X amount of, you know, I'm not living this type of living situation. Therefore, I'm not successful. But I think in this day and age, there's just so many different ways to define success. And especially, you know, living a life that you're living where you're, you know, you're a writer. You're a podcaster. You're a yoga instructor. You you're a location-independent entrepreneur and digital nomad, which I definitely want to talk about mm. in a little bit. Um, you know, it's like your life is a life you've defined, and so yeah. you get to create. You get to create success for yourself, which is really cool. I'm like yeah,
0: think, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, am I right? Am yeah, I right? you're right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and I think I told you this before is that. Sometimes I look back just to, even, just to even five, six years ago when I just finished college. Uh, I mean, every year when I look back, it's, I'm always redefining myself every year. But even six years ago, I was a completely different person. Uh, you know, I come from a country of Moldova, which is a very small country in Eastern Europe. Um, and I'm usually the first one when I travel that people meet from their country. And living the life that I live today, doing the things that I do today, um, most of the people where I come from don't get to do that at all so
1: yeah yeah, Yeah. for sure do you ever do you ever take a moment and and think about younger you like when you were a kid (laughs) and what younger you would think about what current you is doing and and what that would mean to younger you
0: oh my god younger me Mm -hmm. i actually do this i did a lot of these exercises with an inner child Mm -hmm. because i had you know my mom passed away when i was very young i was eight um and from that moment on until i went to college which was Probably when I was like nineteen, uh, it was a, it was the toughest period of my life, actually. Um, especially when I was a teenager, because I was a rebel in my heart. I'm still a rebel <laughs> and an adventurer in my heart. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's like I keep telling people that you know the life that I live right now and the people, the places I travel to, uh, I I saw on in magazines and on TV when I was growing up as a little girl. You know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I see them live, like when I first landed in Latin America, when I went to Rio de Janeiro, when I saw, you know, Cristo, like the uh, the Jesus statue in Rio, when I saw the Sydney Opera House, when I saw islands in Asia, like all of this thing. And, you know, it gives me goosebumps to think about all these things. Um, I just saw TV and I never thought it would be possible. Um, and so and here I am living a life that I always I thought, yeah, I never thought it would be possible and to get to where I am today. I mean, it's a huge transformation from where I was as a little girl. And uh, I sometimes come back to her, you know, I do this like inner child exercise, I come back to her, I give her a hug and I say, you know, it's like coming back from the future. I say, you know, it's going to be fine, right? Like you're going to have a wildly amazing life. You just have to go through what you're going right now to get there. And then she looks at me crying and a little bit And she says yeah yeah i know <laughs>
1: yeah oh <Aww, laughs> that's beautiful yeah <laughs> i love that so my next question what is femininity for you
0: oh my gosh yeah so this question i thought about it for a long time um i'm I, sure yeah i've uh, and and you know i i'm kind of i kind of feel a lot of pressure being you know the host of this show and kind of femininity is becoming my mm, focus of girl skill like redefining not necessarily even female success but femininity as the essence of what it is to be a woman for me so femininity kind of equal to womanhood but i think it's a bit different so to be fair i'm still i'm still exploring that you know there's so many definitions and they're unique to every woman um but for me uh, I would I would rather not answer this directly because as I said I'm on my journey and and there's so many different ways I can talk about it but instead <laughs> I want to read a passage from uh, my favorite book Women Who Run with the Wolves and kind of the foundation and the inspiration for Girl Skill and for this project in general for my own life so uh, that, that kind of exemplifies what is femininity for me. When women reassert their relationship with the wildest nature, they're gifted with a permanent and internal watcher, a knower, a visionary, an oracle, an inspiratrice, an intuitive, a maker, a creator, an inventor, and a listener who guides, suggests, and urge vibrant life in the inner and outer worlds. When women are close to this nature, The fact of that relationship glows through them. The wild teacher, wild mother, wild mentor supports their inner and outer lives no matter what. Once women have lost her and then found her again, they will contend to keep her for good. Once they have regained her, they will fight and fight hard to keep her. Their creative lives blossom. Their relationships gain meaning and depth and health. Their cycles of sexuality, creative work, and play are reestablished. They are no longer marks for the predations of others. They are entitled equally under the laws of nature to grow and to thrive. Now their end-of-the-day fatigue comes from satisfying work and endeavors, not from being shut up in too small of a mindset, a job, or a relationship. They know instinctively when things must die and when things must live. They know how to walk away and they know how to stay
1: i do <laughs> yeah yeah i never i never heard that before so that was really cool to mm. hear mm. and it just it just spoke to to the power of femininity and the power of womanhood yeah and really if really I, embracing it
0: yeah if i would say it in one word i think femininity is power and it's a power that a lot of women do not Um, understand or haven't embraced yet or haven't discovered yet so my mission with girl skill is to to bring that knowledge uh, to a lot of women and uh, yeah and basically empower them in that way
1: (laughs) I love it and I and I'm a big supporter of that and even I think uh, even with my podcast where I I talk to older athletes and many of them are women it's like discovering your physical power is sort of where my domain is Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of it's kind of a cool connection that i feel with you that you're helping women discover discover their power
0: thank you (laughs) you're
1: welcome so i want to talk about kind of how you ended up where you are today um Because as you mentioned, you are location independent entrepreneur and a digital nomad. And I've heard you say that in several episodes of your podcast. I've read your blogs. And so I'm beginning to kind of learn that phrase. And it's a phrase that I haven't experienced in my life as someone who's lived in the same state in the United States. I've lived in California, born and raised, never lived outside of the state. So I'm fascinated with people like you who have figured out how to live anywhere and all the places that you talked about, um, in your intro and and or when you talked about uh, your your inner child, and, and all the all the places that you get to tell your inner child that you've been, <laughs> um, that that fascinates me and I want to know how you got to that point, like how you how you decided to live this life and how you made it happen for yourself and that's a pretty loaded question I know but I want to know
0: <laughs> yeah well I'll give you I'll give you the short story and I think um, I mean some of my listeners you know read my blogs and everything and they kind of know my story because I've, liter- I've written extensively about my travels and about my story and inner child and my mother's death and all of that so everybody who's interested can go to Medium and read about it but I guess they've never actually heard me talk about it um, yes. on my own podcast especially so you know my my stories it's it's really interesting right it's yeah like i i was born and grew up in moldova my father is russian my mother is moldovan um i grew up in kishinev i was born in kishinev a tiny tiny city well compared so moldova is very small it's about 4 million people but right now it's even smaller in population because a lot of a lot of people uh, just travel outside to, to earn money uh, arguably it's the poorest country in europe as well um, so, yeah, for my first 16 years, no, 17 years of my life, I just, you know, went to school and, and, and just kind of lived my, my regular life, I suppose, you know. Uh, my mom passed away when I was really young. So, for after that, for about six years, my dad was, uh, I call it, he had a period of looking for a new wife, I suppose, <laughs> and, and me and my sister were really young and um, we always welcomed other women in our lives and we always wanted to have a new mom, so to say, you know. And um yeah and then the teenage years hit um it also was co- uh, combined with my dad marrying a woman who was who was nice in the beginning um but then the whole story turned into this like Cinderella story with a really evil stepmother so to say um so I had a really hard time back then you know uh, like I <clears throat> Oh gosh, I, I, was, I was such a rebel, you know, I, I started smoking cigarettes, I started drinking, I started skipping school, I always wanted to be this cool girl, I was the natural leader in any environment that I wanted to be, and uh, I, I was have, having like gang fights with girls and guys, and there was a lot of anger in it, um, I was a bit suicidal as well. To the I never was really suicidal because you know people who really want to commit suicide they actually do it. I was actually using this as a tool to uh, to gain attention, gain love because love was severely lacking in my life, actually until until recently, you know. And I was angry, I was frustrated. Uh, there was a lot of lack of love. I didn't I didn't have any love in my life. I didn't know what it, what it meant, you know. Um, and so yeah it was really hard so having said so that obviously caused a lot of trouble with my dad uh with my stepmother a lot of trouble i was gosh those 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 years you know it was it was constant pain it was constant depression it was constant resistance it was it was just a time where the world didn't understand me and I didn't understand the world and uh but surprisingly so I was a very good student so I was kind of quote-unquote gifted um so as a rebel but at the same time i was i was smart i was really smart in the sense that like I, i always got good grades i got punished for not getting good grades for my father you know there were periods where he wouldn't talk to me for days uh they would like hide um you know shoes and 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 like a winter jacket that I got from them as a present like if I if I got a bad grade they would hide it from me until I got a new one so um there was a lot of manipulation a lot of blackmailing and stuff like that so it was it was hard um so everything changed uh when I won a scholarship to go to the United States for a year it's called Flex Future Leaders Exchange program and as I said because I was smart and because I knew English very well I participated in this contest that basically run every year by the u s government in the in the ex soviet republics and then maybe maybe you've heard about these high school exchange students that <laughs> spend a year mm-hmm. in like families in high school so Gosh, like that moment, you know, I I was always like, I was actually really good at school and winning all these competitions. Like at some point, I think in the ninth grade or eighth, I can't remember, I won the first place in the whole country for Romanian language um, in Russian school. So I went to a Russian school, but I also spoke Romanian because my mother spoke Romanian. My English was excellent because my parents were always keen to uh, like, I knew education is everything, but I didn't care much. I was kind of smart, naturally. And so, yeah, when that had happened, I won a scholarship to go for free to the United States uh, for a year. And uh, that was, <laughs> I still remember when my dad got the call, and then he looked at me, and like his eyes were kind of like he didn't understand what was happening and then he says they're gonna call like they want to speak to you and I was like what and I couldn't believe it you know and then uh yeah there was a lady on the call and saying um Anna Chakirova congratulations you are going to the United States of America for a year (laughs) (laughs) and uh sorry I was 17 at the time and I couldn't believe it. You know, it's it's like, it's it's that point in life where you understand this is it. This is the lottery ticket, but you still can't believe it. And um, there I was packing up. My dad bro- bought me two suitcases. I think he gave me like a hundred bucks and uh, I was placed in the family in Virginia in Madison. Um, and uh, there I went flying over the Atlantic uh, to Virginia to meet my new family and live there for a year. <laughs> at 17
1: years old which is that had to have been a lot at that age to you know such a huge change
0: yeah absolutely i mean gosh i mean i was yeah i i just went with it you know i was very excited um everything kind of it it was a miracle you know because it was only 40 children every year that were sent out of well i don't know out of how many but it it was truly a miracle my life kind of uh Transformed, And I remember, <laughs> you know, because everything we, we we hear about the United States now is from TV, like it's like an unreal world. And I remember we landed, we were in the, in DC and we got into this like really nice hotel. That was my first time where I stayed in a five-star hotel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I landed, I looked around and I was like, oh my, and, and you know, there was a period like when we drove or something, I can't even remember, there was such a long time ago, 12 years ago, not a long time, but still, and I remember looking at all these cars and they were so so clean and the roads were just clean and the houses looked ex- looked exactly like in the movies and i was like oh my gosh i feel like i feel like i'm in a movie you know it's so bizarre it was so bizarre <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to imagine what that that must have been like this this storybook Invi- the storybook vision of the United States that you were just thrust into and it's yeah. like it's all real it's all yeah. really there
0: yeah it's all really there yeah yeah so yeah yeah oh, gosh so, so what happened yeah yeah go ahead please ask me questions so so <laughs> yeah i yeah
1: so i was just about to ask uh you know so from there you went to college you spent a year here and then uh what happened what happened beyond that
0: Yeah, so I spent a year in the US and that completely transformed my life, my mindset, everything about what I knew about the world and everything, because it was such a huge change, cultural shock, everything. So I came back home, um, and you know, I was determined to go to college, uh, to the US. Um, but unfortunately, it was very expensive. I actually got accepted in a couple of schools, but as you know, like it's super expensive. Um, it is. To mention one thing is that when I came back, my family situation was, so I came back, the thing is that I came back very different, but I came back to the same exact environment that I left and I thought everybody changed as well. And to my <laughs> to my disappointment, it hadn't happened. And so when I came back to my, my dad and my stepmother, I thought, oh, everything is going to be great and everything, but it ended up being the same. And so me being 18 and me being kind of, oh, you know, like seeing the world and um, made my own money and I started working, by the way, when I was 14, uh, always making my own money and everything. And so what ended up happening, There was a big conflict in the family. And I basically packed my bags and I left. I left the house uh, that I lived in with my dad, my stepmom and ended up. Well, I ended up kind of switching houses at some point. I didn't have a place to live, and it was all very dramatic, you know. And I ended up living with my aunt. Um, and yeah, so I was I was finishing school. I was finishing two grades at the same time because I needed to catch up for my eleventh grade. And I was applying to colleges. And I f- and I found this university in Bulgaria. It's called the American University in Bulgaria. That's pretty much is a liberal arts school. Um, it was much cheaper than the U.S., but pretty much it gave you the best. Well. The, the the american education and being in eastern europe it was one of the best universities so i applied i got a scholarship um not a full one and then i ended up in college in bulgaria for four years every summer i traveled back to the u.s to earn money i was going to nantucket massachusetts having like three four time three four jobs at the same time and yeah that was a crazy period of my life and uh, when i finished college i graduated in business and journalism I was very active all the way through through college, you know, running my own thing and uh, being like in the student media, being in musicals and plays. And it was the best time of my life. I loved it. I went to a really good school. It gave me so much opportunity. Uh, I honestly I, I loved my time there uh, because I was free finally, you know, like not depending on anyone. Um, and after that, so I was in a, in a student organization called ISIC. It's an international student organization for students uh, that provides leadership opportunities plus exchanges. And through them, once I finished college, I uh, found a job in, in Malaysia at a company called Mind Valley. And I didn't know anything about it. It looked really cool. It was positioned as like the best job in the world in freaking Malaysia that I'd never heard anything about. It was in Asia. Like I'd never been to Asia before. I applied. I got selected. And uh, two months after I finished college, I was on a plane uh, to Malaysia.
1: <laughs> so that was your first your first kind of hint of your new life was taking this job in another country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was there was it, it was crazy. Like it was again it was again that feeling of like oh my god, what am I doing? I remember I was on the plane and I was I was on the plane uh from I can't even like from Romania to you know Kuala Lumpur and I I remember the plane, you know, when you, when you see these maps and you see like the plane flying over some sort of Mm -hmm. country. And I saw the plane flying over India and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And I was by myself. Like, you know, I was just going for something. I don't know what. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Where am I going? But deep down inside, that's the thing about me. Deep down inside, I always knew what I wanted. And even if I didn't, I always followed that internal voice. I have a very strong internal voice, which is intuition, as we know it today. (laughs) And I tend to follow it uh, constantly. And it, it tends to lead me always in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And this is taking me back to your biggest fear question, actually. I just find it so interesting that when I asked you about your biggest fear, you talked about insects and you talked about (laughs) waves, but you never talked about pursuing your life. Like most people, when you ask them about their fears, it's like going into the unknown of life and failing and, you know, and you, I'm sure you had those thoughts, but it never stopped you. It never stopped you from embracing these new adventures that I'm sure were scary, but you, but you did them. And so a spider might freak you out, but not (laughs) taking a job in Malaysia and flying out there by yourself at such a young age. I just think that's, that's such an interesting thing that yeah I, that yeah developed. it is
0: it is interesting and you know when i look back i think so what i think it was is because i came because i came from a place and and a country and like, I remember intensely sitting in, like, public transportation. Those from Moldova possibly Eastern Europe, they know these, uh, like, a, it's, it's like a minibus where it's hot, where people don't stand, like, people stand cramped to each other. And, and I was so miserable. You know, I, I was literally miserable. And I knew deep down inside that there must be a better life out there for me. Like, I was not born uh, to live a life of misery. And I remember I promised myself, and I promised myself that I'm going to get out. I'm gonna get out, and I'm gonna prove to myself, that I'm gonna have a better life because I, I'm not like I was not born to live this kind of a life. Um, there's a lot of resistance. A lot, there's a lot of just negativity, and there's so many things. And I, it was so strong in me. I needed to get out. And my dad, which I'm grateful to him to this day, always told us, "Your ticket to a better life is you need to get out of this country." and education is going to give you that ticket. And I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Yeah, give me all the education. Give me all the
0: tickets. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. <was> very interesting. <laughs> and so, so do you want me to kind of like fast forward to where I am today? Really quickly. Well, I want to know mm-hmm. how
1: you ended up becoming what you call or what a lot of people call a digital nomad. So, uh how, how you kind of shifted from this. You know, you had this job in Malaysia, and you you got out of your country, and you were exploring the world that way. But you were working, you were working for a company there, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I ended up working for Mind Valley for about three years, actually three and a half. And after a three-year period, like my growth in the company was uh, was was tremendous. Like I, so the uh, for those of you who don't know, Mind Valley is a company who publishes personal growth products. It's pretty much a marketing company, uh, and you know it changes every time. So. Today, it might be something different. But I've learned during my three years, I've learned everything uh, in online marketing and how to build a business online, pretty much. So I started in customer support. I did a lot of customer support. Uh, Then I moved to email marketing. So for a whole year, I focused on building funnels and understanding email marketing in and out. And Mindvalley is an amazing company. Like... An amazing company in the sense that the, the systems and processes are built and it's a, it's a generating money machine in a way. Like they, they really nailed it. The the CEO and founder is really a really smart guy who made it happen. And, you know, and right now it's a multi-million dollar company. So at one point I was running all these funnels in email marketing, just understanding everything. And then I moved to like launch digital products and personal growth. It was an, an interesting thing because I also grew personally a lot because I, I had to go through all of these programs about, you know, I did not know what meditation is and what a chakra is. I honestly thought it was all bullshit, you know, like quantum <laughs> jumping and then astral projection limiting beliefs. Like I just didn't know anything about it. Um so yeah, so I did a lot of product launches and um, you know, webinars. And I learned everything I could, like I was relentless. I was I was driven, I was ambitious, you know, I got to to be one of the top marketers in the company. And so yeah I did all of these things and then at some point you know there was um and you know my time in Kuala Lumpur Malaysia was a was a was a defining time for me as a as a professional as a woman uh, a lot of things happened during these years. You know, I really matured in a way. And at one point, I was kind of done with it. Like, a lot of things happen, you know. Like, you, you know when you're done with something. So, I was done with the work. I was done with my life there. And I, at that point, I got exposed to a lot of... I got exposed to what a digital nomad is, you know. Like, I realized we did some work remotely. So, a lot of us were traveling around and s- still working from the laptop. So, a lot of times, we didn't have to be in the office. Because everything is online, you know. The only time when we need to be in the office is, like, for meetings or, like, company-wide events. And I realized I got exposed to all of these kind of digital nomadism. I was like, hey, I can do this. And Another part of it was I was not getting paid as, as much as I knew I could be paid if I worked in the US, for example, because I had a lot of knowledge that I knew deep down in my heart and I knew it for sure that people are going to pay big money for what I know and what I do. Because I, at some point I was launching like multi, multi-million dollar launches, right? Um, yeah. So then I I said, okay, this is it. Let's go. So I transferred with the same company. I started working remotely for the first six months. I bought my ticket, one-way ticket to Bangkok, and uh, I picked my place. So I started in Koh Samui, a lovely island where I had a friend, um, and that was it. So I went to the island. I um, I booked an apartment. I rented a, like a studio apartment by the beach. I got myself a scooter. I didn't know how to ride one. Um, I learned in the process, got into a couple of accidents, um, and... Um, yeah, so the first six months were crazy. Um, and you know, I talk about it on the podcast. Where we talk about digital nomad. just crazy because life, this kind of life throws you in so many different directions. And me, I was 20, 26 at the time. It was very unexpected. Uh, it was it was just crazy the first six months, and then kind of I've kind of got my shit together, and then and, and then yeah, and then I switched to another company, uh, worked for them remotely for a full year, and then and, and yeah, and since then I traveled all over the place for more than two and a half years, you know like mexico colombia brazil uh, australia all over asia spain um you know it's it's been it's been an incredible journey and then i met my husband on the road as well so like uh almost two years ago we met in colombia and now uh, and i just got married a couple of months ago to him and and so here we are with my new project girl skill that um hopefully is going to be my lifetime work and my online business <laughs>
1: yes yes um and I, before we get to Girl Skill, because there's some things that, that popped up along the way that I actually want to talk about, too. Um, but I'm curious, like, what what is the hardest part of living this type of life? And what is the best part about living this type of life?
0: Oh, it's so interesting, because I, I actually talked to uh, Jenny Lacks, who runs Digital Nomad Girls. That whole episode was all about you know how glamorous this lifestyle seems to be right because I'm Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw these pictures but it's all about ooh you know uh, work by the beach work by the pool throw your laptop in the pool and take it out and work some more Uh, that's pretty much
1: all I see when people talk about yeah yeah, exactly like they're they are uh sitting on their beachfront property right uh, you know in a sunny day with their laptop and in like some sort of flowy outfit and that's (laughs) that's my vision like that's what I Envision your life is like. So um, I want to know, like, yeah, what, what, what is it really like on the on the roughest days, and then and then what are the best parts?
0: Yeah. So so that that is all okay. Let me let me let me um, let me explain it this way. So the digital nomad uh, movement is a growing movement because everything. And when you think about it, it kind of makes it makes a lot of sense because so many businesses are now going. Completely online. Some businesses are completely online. Some businesses are moving towards it. Some businesses are outsourcing some parts online because everything is online, right? Like I live my life anywhere in the world and I do banking, insurance, I do my work, I do everything from my laptop. I just need Wi Fi. Um, So a lot of people, when they're starting out, this is a lifestyle that they want. It really truly feels amazing and incredible and you know you feel grateful and blessed that it's incredible to travel the world and be in all these different places and you know drink coffee here and work from coffee shops and go to beaches and and so so that's the thing that's that's what you want when you get into it and that's what I did for about a year and a half and it was amazing right so i'll talk about the positive things obviously like you travel the world you live in different places you make money online you meet different people you have all these crazy amazing experiences it's like you know, you travel, but you also work online and you look like location dependent and you get all of the benefits, yeah? So that's the beauty of it. That's that's an amazing experience you get. Um, now, and then that's what a lot of people, most of the people would like dream life, right? Now, the glamorous mm-hmm. side of things, it's not like that all the time. So there's a lot of downturns. So there's a lot of people who start and never continue because they realize that's not for them. And that's absolutely fine. What I learned along the way is that Being a digital nomad, being location-independent is the same thing as being not location-dependent in terms of work, routines, community, right? So we as humans, we want to bond, like we thrive, well, most of us, even if we're introverts, we thrive when there are friends around, when there's a support group. We thrive when there are routines, we're productive where we we set structures around ourselves that that help us be productive so at some point I moved from place to place every two weeks and that it, and as amazing as it was I, I wasn't getting any work done I wasn't productive I had to say I had to meet amazing people and then only to say goodbye in the next two weeks and it was it, it's it was hard you know and you can't build a business. You can't build a serious business online, working from the beach or the pool. It just doesn't work. Uh, you can't build a business, or even like get productive on the way without having your gym that you want to go to every day, you know, or without knowing that that banana pancake shop that you can work from. So it's a lot of like moving from place to place requires a lot of time and energy and a lot of discovery. So, like, when we land in a new place, we're like, okay, let's find a yoga studio. Let's find this. Let's find this. And while all of these things can be amazing while you don't have to work, but when you do have to work and you have priorities, you have to build certain structures and routines. So, that's the thing. (laughs) You know, all this glamorous lifestyle is cool for someone for someone who's kind of exploring it, you know, who it's amazing and all of that, like you're you're traveling around, you're doing your work, it's all cool. But if you're getting serious about life and you want to make this a permanent lifestyle, which for me, currently it is, I build structures around myself and me and my husband right now, we stay in a place for at least three months uh, because at least the first two weeks and the last two weeks are all about like figuring things out. And then, and then I honestly, I crave travel experiences that are not work. I just want to travel. I want to be a tourist at some point, you know, like we we, we want to go to Japan, for example, all these places just for a week with no work and with no laptop, please. that That's what I'm craving at this point in my life.
1: <laughs> right, right. When you finally get to be on that other side where you can live anywhere and but you're working, it's like you just want that that tourist experience just once
0: yeah because it's still work it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot like i i'm someone who thrives working with people i need like personal connection personal touch and online work is not like that like people have a lot of misconceptions about oh my god laptop i hate staring at my laptop for eight hours a day i hate it Like there's no energy in it. It's a machine that I have to stare into a screen, you know, and it doesn't give me that flow. But hopefully I have yoga. Hopefully I talk to women like you on my podcast. So that kind of makes it (laughs) a lot better. Yeah. It definitely helps, and, and
1: podcasting is a great thing for someone who works online all day because you do actually get to talk to people. And generally, mm-hmm. when you're when you're hosting a podcast, you're talking to inspiring, interesting people. Yeah, and so that's uh, something you and I both share there. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about podcasting a little bit because I was I was curious to find out that Girl Skill is not your first podcast. <laughs> um, so, and in fact, your other podcast is sort of almost like on the other end of the spectrum from Girl yes. Skill. So tell me about your first podcast.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know it. Uh, but Girl is my second podcast, my first co- podcast was called A Men Inside Show. So and it happened when so I was still in my valley in Malaysia, I broke up with my boyfriend and uh, I was kind of like single, happy, free and single. And I realized that I don't know anything about men. I don't know anything about relationships. I don't know how to date. Um, I was talking to girlfriends and I and to men as well because I I was kind of a I was I was kind of a man a couple of years ago (laughs) in in the sense of energy um and and I think that this is one of the reasons why I broke up with my ex-boyfriend but I was just really curious I, I was fascinated by the fact that men and women have no freaking idea how this whole dating relationship thing works like we assume a lot of the things. But we're not like, we don't know how to talk to each other. We don't understand each other, how the game works. And uh, yeah, so at that time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts about like digital marketing, online marketing one day. And I always wanted to have my thing, you know, like I always wanted to have my project. And I, and I was at Valley where the environment was very uh, entrepreneurial. And then one day, I remember I had an idea. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start my own podcast and I'm going to be interviewing men about women and relationships. And so, uh, here I was, I, uh, created this amazing branding and it was was such a great project. I loved it. And I was finding all these men to talk about women and relationships. And so I've interviewed more than 40 men and I've asked them questions like, what do you find attractive in a woman? Tell me your story, uh, about this girlfriend, this girlfriend, what it means. So I was truly curious about asking men questions about Women in the relationships. And I ended up, my biggest guest was uh, John Gray, f- uh, author of uh, Women, uh, what was it? Me- Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, yeah. that, that was transformational when I had that interview. And uh, yeah, it was such a great thing for me, first of all, to learn about podcasting, how to do. I, I did everything by myself. Um, you know, I learned how to set up a podcast, set up a blog, uh, sorry, WordPress pages, uh, graphics, Canva, like everything, how to promote. I was learning. I was loving it. I, I was editing all of my episodes by myself. I was doing videos, all of that. But from the flip side, equally important, I was learning so much about men, so much about relationships, and, and the most important, so much about myself. Um, so that's why when I, when I got into work of David Data, uh, when I got, you know, into polarity and, and, and how, how relationships work, what do men want? And I developed. That was transformational for me because I've broke down so many stereotypes I had about men and so many limiting beliefs I had about men. And that completely changed the whole game for me because from a woman thinking that all men are assholes, they beat their wives, some of them, they cheat because that's that's the culture I'm coming from. Um, They don't deserve like all of that just washed away through my experience, my research, my work, and I it completely changed uh, for me. So that was my first podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And why did you decide to stop doing that podcast? Uh, that's a really good question. I actually wrote about it. Um, so I was still producing it. Uh, it was not bringing me any money. I wanted to make it as a business. But now, you know, looking back, I realized I treated it more as a hobby. I didn't treat it as a business. And at some point, like, my energy was kind of low in it. I would continue doing it. First of all, I think, I think I was in a dating niche by default. And that dating niche was not, like, I wasn't really feeling it, you know. It was not my thing. Um, and then, so I met, I met String, my, my, my husband, uh, in Colombia. And while that wasn't necessarily the reason for me stopping to interview men about love and relationships... I just, it was a natural progression to be like, so that project was really honestly for myself, you know? And I feel like everything we do is to improve ourselves. We are our own teachers and we're looking for answers that we, we want to get. Same thing with Girl Skill. And it kind of naturally kind of died down. You know, I didn't feel excited anymore. It, it literally felt like that chapter was closing with me meeting strength, with me just traveling, understanding who I am and fully stepping into my femininity and my emotional freedom with men. So it's kind of a natural, I don't know, it was, it was great. like, But it just felt like, okay, it's time to close that page and move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got I got what I needed from this. Yeah. And and now it's time to do something else. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that something else became girl skill
0: <laughs> that's something else became girl skill uh but please keep in mind that i was doing online marketing in in Paris yes. i was always working and supporting myself through my email marketing online marketing knowledge i was a consultant pretty much and uh, and um, and an email marketer um so what happened is that one day like I think it, I, I started to do a lot of self-exploration because I wasn't waking up excited to check my conversion numbers or how this funnel is doing or how our the landing pages doing. And, and another factor for me, and I wrote about this, um, was that I wasn't researching things. I wasn't reading about online marketing, you know, and I wrote a blog post about the trap of doing something that you're good at and getting paid well. So I was getting paid really well for what I do. And it was, it was such a tough decision to leave that world because it's like, that's madness, right? Like, why would you do that? You're only going to grow from here. You're only going to get more money. Like at some point I was earning so much money that I, well, it's not, we're not talking millions, you know what I mean? But for me and for my lifestyle, it was a huge shift. At some point I could afford anything I wanted. I, I, I could live anywhere in the world I wanted in a way and i walked away from that because i started my discovery I, I i realized that's not me that's not for me and it's weird because it's like why would you just throw away 5 years of your professional life but it didn't make me happy anymore i was depleted i was almost depressed like last year this this happened last year actually uh before the new years i was so depleted i was apathetic and for me the lo- for me the worst thing that can happen is that i'm not excited and there's no energy. And I was at that point of my life. And I was like, what is it? What is it? And then I remember, so I quit my online marketing job. I said, all right, this, I'm done with this. Like, no matter what happens next, what I need to know today is that I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and so I just gave myself some time to write. So I quit my job and I, and I was writing. And um, I gave myself time and the space to really explore myself because I didn't I didn't give it to myself for a long time. and I think a lot of us are at that place where we have a route that we need to follow. You're good at this, you know finish college, do the work and all that. But we really don't have the time or the space to actually explore who are we? What do we want? And so when I looked actually at everything I've done in my life, besides money, besides work, everything that I did for free, and what really excited me, and I went all the way back to childhood. You know, I love being on stage as a little girl. I, um, I I learned all these poems by heart. I just loved the competition. I loved being on stage. I loved creation. I always wanted to be creative. My mother, you know, who passed away more than 20 years ago. She was actually a creative producer. And uh, it was really interesting to discover all these things about myself. And, you know, I looked at my Men Inside Show. I was like, oh, man, I did that. I was a producer for some uh, my ex-boyfriend's, uh, you know, music video. I did some commercial work and it was just that creative production side of me that never got to be explored. And and, and say, so, yeah, through all these writing and allowing myself to write, to be a writer, I got to like top, top uh, writer on medium um, in love, travel, and relationship. It was, it was transformational to just discover that part of me that was never there and to allow myself to pursue it. And I got to thank my husband for it because he really supported me. And so, that's how Girl Skill was born because I missed creating i missed being on stage i missed uh podcasting and uh so but the whole thing flipped i started i decided to go um, and ask women questions about femininity and uh, success <laughs> yeah and when did when did you start this podcast so i started so the idea came so we bought the domain in february uh last year um i started very actively working on the idea and recording episodes in july so July, 2017, I recorded my first eight episodes and I fully went for it, you know, relentlessly like signed up for all these programs and everything. And I launched on the 23rd of October, 2017 with three episodes. Um, and uh, so I'm, today I'm actually releasing my episode uh, 17 with uh, <clears throat> Tina Eaton, a woman who lives in a trailer and travels across North America while freelancing. So... And I'm releasing twice a week, so it's been. Let me see, about nine weeks, nine ten weeks since, since release.
1: That's it's so new. I had no idea it was that new.
0: Yeah, because it's like double. It's double the episodes you yeah, twice you're a just week.
1: you're creating so much content through yeah. it that it doesn't. It feels like it's been around a little bit longer, mm-hmm. uh, just because you you keep producing and keep uh, releasing new episodes.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's been an incredible yeah. journey. You um, know? So. Yeah. Yeah. What What would you say is, I mean, it, it hasn't been around very long, but based on what you've recorded, what you've released so far, the people you've talked to, uh, what is the greatest thing you've learned from Girl Skills specifically? Oh
0: my gosh, this is such a great question. So I've released... So today is the 17th episode, but I actually recorded 43 interviews with women. And I'm taking a break for January just to kind of rekindle and reset. I was recording like a mad woman for the last two months. So in the last two months, I did 35 interviews, which were wow. like an hour, an hour and a half. It was crazy. Um, so And a lot of the more most exciting interviews are actually coming up. After like this conversation with what we're having today, um, you know, I interview. Oh God, I interviewed so many incredible women. Um, so uh, I interviewed a transgender woman who went male to female. That's coming up next week, episode eighteen. Um, I just interviewed last week a U.S. Navy helicopter pilot who's a female. Um, I've interviewed women like a Episcopal priest uh, in the U.S., uh, like different coaches about nutrition, psychology, sex. I've interviewed uh, women about, you know, like yoni massage and naked yoga. And uh, I can't even remember all of them, you know. It was such a whirlwind. Like it was so much. Fun. So I'm still processing a lot of it. And what I want to share with all the listeners, with you, Robin, is that uh, last week or actually yesterday when I finished everything, I sat down by the pool and, and I felt tears coming down my eyes because I, I realized that what I created and unknowingly, uh, I created a platform and a channel for women to tell their stories and to express themselves and to tell me how hard it is or how easy it is or what they think and feel. And I interview a lot of women who don't have a following online and I, now I realize that is not important really. Um, well, it is important in terms of like getting numbers and sharing, but some of these women who are not online you know, they have the best stories. And I know you're interviewing like a lot of women who, you know, in their 60s or even 70s. And it's just incredible yeah. to be talking to all these women. And, and that's why it's real women with real success, or, or even if they don't feel successful, that's that's what I'm interested in. And uh, yeah, so it was, it, it's hard, you know, just sitting there and creating space for them, asking, asking them questions and like be there for them and hold that space to tell their stories, but I find it incredibly gratifying and and on like it's an honor for me to do this. Um, and so, for what I learned, and I'm still processing a lot of this because it happens in such a quick time, right? Like I downloaded so much information, and therefore I realized like I need to offload, and because it's a lot of it's a lot of weight on my shoulders. And I started writing and also started doing the Zen art. So I don't know if you if you saw my Instagram account, but it's like I start doodling a lot of things and a lot of patterns and so on, create, exploring myself creatively. But to answer your question, I we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, right? But I'll tell you one, one of the biggest things that I realized, uh, and, and this is something that I actually... We'll talk about more and more and more, and I'm thinking of actually creating a program around it. And so I'm—I want to create some sort of an academy for women to explore, explore, discover, and embrace their femininity and their womanhood. And what I'm finding is really fascinating is that in the last 100 years, basically, women have, have gained everything that we have today, and it only happened in the last 100 years or so, right? And it's such a huge transformation that none of us are prepared for it. That's why I think we were entering an age of culmination of what it is to be a woman in, in today's world, you know, in the 21st century, something that has never happened before. We haven't had so many opportunities. And, and, and I know like some women are like, what are you talking about? But truly today, a woman can do. Anything pretty much that a man can do in the sense that o- opportunities, you know, like you want female fighters and then the pilots and um, o- astronauts and I, like women are everywhere, right? Th- there might be not, yes, it's not 50-50, but like if I really want to do it, I can. And I truly believe that I can as a woman. Um, it's not everywhere in the world, but I'm talking in very general terms. Um, so the challenge, that's my question today. And that's when I'm realizing the challenge for a modern woman is how to balance the masculine side and her feminine side, how to be, how to be basically, uh, how to embrace her masculine side at work, um, in her projects, in her creative life, in in the sense that everything that is a driver, a goal setting part of us that is truly, uh, is sits in every one of us. And there's a lot of stuff like that in the media today like how to build your business and go for it and fight and fight and go and do it achieve it be a girl be a girl boss right but at the same time what do we do with our feminine side what do we do with a side that is so natural to all of us which a lot of us um resist and again i don't want to generalize so i know a lot of women out there won't agree and this is very much my own personal experience and my own thing. Um I'm, I'm a big fan of polarity. I'm a big fan of women who are with the wolves. So that feminine side of us, who is um, you know, our body can create life. Um, our body has a lot of hormones going on every month. They're, they're natural cycles. We're connected to the moon, you know, like we're mothers, we're girlfriends, we bond born in different ways. So the, ch- the biggest challenge for a modern woman is combining these two. And that is the best part, and that is the hardest part as well, because ultimately we want to create partnerships with men uh we want to have families, we want to have relationships um we want to have children, not all of us, but you know you know what I mean so mm-hmm. that is what I found out that women women are it, it seems like women are on this quest um so that's that's what i'm that's what I'm here to do I'm here to to help myself and them. To discover it and to embrace it. And how do we move? How do we lead in a feminine way? Because I've had a, a huge transformation going from being a quote unquote man in everything, in relationships at work, and everything, to embracing my feminine side and knowing that it, I can do whatever my husband can do. I can earn as much money as he does, even if not more. But I choose and I choose maybe not to, and I only can do that, and I should do that if I want to so that is the main question that I'm trying to answer and as soon as the more I relax the more I find joy and freedom in my creativity and who I am as a woman the more I well actually the less I fight the less I resist the the less negative I am the more space I create for myself for my family and for the world to embrace my womanhood and my femininity Mm -hmm. um, the better the better my life becomes and the the happier I am and so I'm going to end with this 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 idea I'm listening to a lot of Russian, I'm listening to a lot of Russian courses on femininity and uh, polarity and all of that. And there's this Russian guy who says, you know, a strong woman is a happy woman. And that is a transformational concept that I, I want to bring today to, to all of the women listening and and, you know, to the world pretty much that a strong woman is not the one who can do it all, is not the one who can, and Robin, you might agree with me or not, I, I'm really curious to hear the thoughts, but a strong woman is not someone who can do it all, who can prove it to, to herself and then the world and you know, build all the muscles and fight, 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 fight. A strong woman is a happy woman, no matter what it means to her. But when a woman is happy and glowing and in the state of play, when she's loving life, when she's loving men, when she's grateful. And she's in the state of pure bliss that is a strong woman and she can do miracles and she can move lives and she can transform all the men around her, all the women around her. And she can transform the world with that power. So that's why femininity is power for me. And that's the whole concept that, and I'm still exploring it, you know, it's not like set in stone, but to this day, after 43 interviews, that is my <laughs> conclusion that I'm, that I'm coming to.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, you you said you were curious to know my thoughts because it's, it's, you know, I come from a place of, of athleticism. And I, so when I hear about it's like strong woman isn't necessarily building muscle and being the strongest. And, and at first I was like, you know, I, like my eyebrow went up a little bit, but it's like, but it's also about, but it's also about being in a state of play. And I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of getting it because that is the life that I'm seeking to lead through being strong, building muscles, but my, the joy that I experience by being in these athletic situations and pushing my boundaries at my age, um, which is a little bit older than you, I'm 43, <laughs> um, but, and talking to these other women who are doing similar things. But the point, like nobody's doing it because of a sense of obligation. They're doing it because of the joy that it brings them. And, and they're talking to me because of, the, of helping other women experience that joy. And so it's about kind of going back to that original quote from the women who run with wolves about basically discovering and owning your power. Mm-hmm. Um, and however, that looks for you, and it can look different ways for different people. For me, it's a state, it, it tends to be a lot in the, the physical space. Um, but for other people, it may not be for other people, it may be in the creative space, or it may be in the family space. Um, but it's really yeah. about just taking ownership of that power.
0: It's very interesting that you say that. And I and I, you know, having talked talk to so many women, it's really the thing that a woman chooses to pursue in her life. You know, either it's like I, I understand when you say the physical body because you're working with your body and you're feeling your strength in the sense of what I can do. Let me play with this. So it's really different areas of of our lives as women, and and I and I feel that they also change with age, right? Like it's so interesting. Yes. There's so many so many shades of us that we we're exploring in different points in our lives. But the point is that the point as long as it's coming from the the state of play. Joy, creativity, and freedom, and not of obligation exactly what you said, then I think that that's the point, yeah, not not something yeah. that you need to prove to someone or not if you're not in competition with your husband or whatever, then that's that's really that like that's what we're here for <laughs> yeah.
1: right, exactly, exactly so and I think a lot of people, especially in the United States, define femininity for them is defined. By kind of outward circumstances, like other people have defined what femininity is supposed to look like. And I think, you know, what you're doing with this podcast, you're redefining femininity and that, you know, we can define it for ourselves. And it's not about these, you know, you should get married, you should have children, you should be at home with the kids, or maybe you should work or, you know, all those shoulds that exist in the world, like you're, you're seeking to eliminate those shoulds and help women figure it out for themselves and what femininity means to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're
1: doing good work here. Yeah, <laughs> so thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing the work that you're doing. So um, for those who, uh, before we get into the t- uh, tools and resources, mm-hmm. um, for those who aren't as familiar with, say, your writing, like obviously if you're listening to Girl Skill right now, you know how to find Girl Skill, right? How, how else can people kind of... See what you do.
0: So I'm I'm on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram as uh, Wonderova. So it's W A N D. E-R-O-V-A uh, I post a lot of stuff I love Instagram you know it's a visual platform for me to express myself and stuff I also post on Facebook but not so much I'm, I'm not a big fan of Facebook so find me on Instagram as Wonderova. come and say hello comment on some of my stuff I'm really there to build connections to start conversations um, I write on Medium on Medium it's, you can find me as Anna Rova as my name and then and, and Girl Skill yeah so it's really simple Medium Instagram and uh, Girl Skill <laughs> Awesome. Well, Anna, are you ready for tools and resources? I am ready. Let's go. I have a whole list for listeners, for my I- listeners. <laughs> it's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill.
1: For, yeah, finally, you get to share your tools and resources. Yeah. All right.
0: Anna, what is your morning routine? Do you have one? I do have one. And you know what's funny? So many women I interview, and I was like, what is your morning routine? And there's a lot of women who say, I'm going to be honest. There's no freaking morning routine. I just do what I do every day, how I feel like or whatever. And some are you know, like, I just pack my shit and I go and get a coffee and that's it. Um, which I thought was super interesting, but I have a morning routine. <laughs> All right. That's great. <laughs> that yeah. That I've developed actually, um, in the last kind of two years, you know, and it really, it really helps me stay. Happy, fulfilled, productive, because it gives me the time to take care of myself first. And this is, this is an incredible, actually, if you, if you want a tool, that's what I highly recommend. And I, and I will try, you know, I'm not a mother yet, but as soon as I am, I know this is the secret to because I feel like a a happy woman is the one who fulfills herself first and then she has to give to others because there's so many women who are depleted of energy emotion energy just simply because of this simple fact that she doesn't take care of herself first and whether it's a morning routine or not for you as a woman that's your choice but for me that's it so I wake up uh, my challenge is to wake up at 6 30. Which I'm still struggling with, but we'll see. So it takes me about an hour to an hour and a half, even before I get to have my coffee or whatever. So what I do, I wake up and the first thing I do, I write morning pages. Morning pages are um, basically, it's a stream of consciousness writing for about three pages from uh, Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. I'm doing this religiously almost, let's say, 99% of the time uh, for about two years now. And I have like piles of these notebooks just piling up. And it really helps me kind of get my thoughts out and everything. So it's basically, you know, every morning I wake up and I write three pages of anything that comes to mind. I started tracking my cycle also with uh, my morning pages. I'm going to share some apps that I do. So at the top of every day, I just write, you know, what day it is, what day of my cycle I'm on, um, and then what is the lunar phase um, that we are in today. And I'll talk about this in the apps section. I'll share with it as well. And then I free flow right. Uh, so that takes about maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Um, then something that I started doing a couple months ago, uh, I pull out a tarot card, a daily tarot card, which is really interesting. I actually got this idea from uh, my episode 12 with amanda cook she does it as well i was like oh that's really cool i always wanted to to get into tarot so i do that and it kind of gives me like i don't know a fun way to discover the cards themselves and kind of give me a bit of guidance if i have a question uh, that is really on my mind i also ask for the cards and for for everyone who like i always thought tarot was a bunch of bullshit you know like some wow wow woo woo like new age thing but yes. I've changed my mind a little bit because I started really exploring it and, and I started reading about it and the whole psychology behind it. And I, I feel like it's really, I don't know, it's been transformational for me. I really like doing it. Um, So that's what I do. Uh, next, then, what do I do? So I do that. Okay, yeah. Then I meditate for about 8 to 10 minutes. I want to d- increase that to about 25. What I did when I was doing my yoga teacher training, uh, it really helps me kind of – just get away from everything breathe and 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 uh, clear my mind Uh, then i do a bit of exercise so on i have a routine that i do actually in bed where i sit and uh, it's basically stretching so it's about 15 to 10 minutes or i go into the pool and i swim and uh yeah that's pretty much it and then i take a shower and i start my day with coffee good breakfast and um, i usually go to a co-working space so that's that's my morning routine (laughs) well i gotta tell
1: you um About morning pages, so I listened to several episodes of your podcast, and it seems like so many of your guests do morning pages, Mm -hmm. and that is the first I'd ever heard of morning pages. Oh, wow! And so I'm going to tell you today, this morning, I wrote my first morning pages. (gasps) You did! Oh my God, it's exciting! How did you feel? (laughs) It felt good. Like it's you, you know, at first it's like. Three I have a pretty decently sized notebook. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is gonna take so long to write three pages. But, you know, it all just kinda comes out and yeah. um and and right now I'm on a point, like I get up really early every day. I get up at five AM and teach boot wow. camps three days a week. And so, you know, when you talked about the women you talk to that don't have morning routines, first of all I think it has to be refreshing for people listening who don't have morning routines to know yeah. that you know, not everybody you interview has this fabulous morning routine that they've been doing every day for years. That you know, some people are just like you. Um, that you know, that may not may not have that happening yet. But you also can get ideas for things you can integrate. And I'm at a point where I actually have a little break from from my morning boot camps, so and I'm like, well, this is my best opportunity mm-hmm. to try to get started with this habit um, and start doing this every day now. And then I have a couple weeks to figure out, you know, how much earlier I'd have to get up. To do this, how long it takes me to write three pages, things like that. So, but yeah, it's, but,
0: I, I highly recommend you know? it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a transformational experience, and I mean, in general, I'm going to mention Julia. Um, Julia Cameron's book Um, but I also want to add this is what I forgot to add Robert is that because I felt like there's such an emotional weight because of the podcast and the work that I do I realized that I create a lot of content every day what I started doing and I decided to do every day I I do Zen art so what I told you uh, like I I, it's basically creative meditation where you take a piece of paper and you follow instructions and you do a lot of pattern drawing and I never thought of myself as a drawer but it's so easy and they're so beautiful and I share them on Instagram it's been it's been amazing i'm so i'm excited to get up and do zen art which is incredible and the second thing i decided to do is i decided to write again because writing for me is the creative offload about my thoughts and expressions like because and because i don't have girlfriends like real girlfriends real time um i find myself not being able to share it so i share a lot of the stuff that's on my mind in my writing so that's my morning routine as well
1: (laughs) So, so the writing's almost like your own form of therapy. Yeah, Along exactly. with this art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So what are the three top apps or programs that you can't live without? All right. I got a couple more than three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go through that like, it's my show it's, it's my show so yeah. i can
1: give you as many apps as i want right
0: listeners we're gonna talk for about 10 hours because it's my show and uh, i'm gonna talk about myself and uh, robin get ready because uh, i'm not letting right. you go settle <laughs> in folks settle in here we go Settle in. yeah no I'll write it down because they're probably all really good apps yeah well we're we're gonna have all of that in the show notes for my episode so don't worry all of these links with descriptions are going to be up but i really thought uh, that you know, I have a lot of stuff and a couple of girlfriends told me, Anna, you need to share all of these apps that you're using that keep you productive, all that. Okay, so here you go. I recently started, uh, because I'm on a challenge of waking up really early, I started using an app called Alarmy. So it's like alarm, but with a Y in the end. And what it does, it's hilarious. Uh, one of my friends recommended it. So basically, it's an alarm app that wakes you up kind of. But, you know, for me, it's a problem because, yeah, alarm and then I pause and I go to bed again, no matter how far it is from me, you know, even if it's in the bathroom. But what this app does, it actually, and you can set it up, you can set up multiple um, kind of options. But here I have three math problems to solve. So it's basically like, (laughs) and it doesn't shut up before, before you solve all three of them. So it's basically like, it gives you, okay, 14 multiplied by 7 plus 85. How much so they're hard math problems. Yeah, and then you wake up. Oh my god! I was so fr- I was angry the first morning, and it just doesn't shut up, you know. And you're like, oh my god! And then you do mistakes, and then you do it again. It's so frustrating. But then you do three of them, and magically, I mean, it doesn't work every time. I have to be honest, but ninety percent of the time, your brain starts working intensely, and then after three math problems, you're like okay yeah okay whatever i'm just gonna get up you know so yeah. i found that really cool and i i love it um my second app is as i mentioned my morning pages so i've i've actually got these apps uh, by recommendation from claire baker who i'm gonna interview on the show and he she does this program adore your flow she wrote a book all about how to work with your uh, menstrual cycle how it's connected to the moon and it's it's fascinating as soon as i got to know about this work and how I can schedule my life around my cycles and work with it and not against it transformed. It's, it's a complete transformation. I'm still working through it. So, one of the apps is called Clue. Before, I had this like tracking app that's like, yeah, whatever. But this one is called Clue. And it's really good because it shows you what day of the cycle you're on, how many days until your PMS or whatever you do little notes. So it's called Clue. And then the second app is called Moon. Just like a moon, and the the only thing that that app does is it shows you what um uh, what phase of the moon you are today and how many days until the new moon or the full moon, and so I track how aligned I am with the moon in terms of my cycle, and usually and you know through through my interviews, probably women know or if if any listeners um, are interested in is that you know a lot of women bleed well naturally we bleed uh, with the new moon and then we ovulate with the full moon if if a woman is aligned with herself a womanhood and everything sometimes it's reverse but for me I'm just a little bit behind the new moon these days so I find it really really cool uh, to be using that um, and then I use so I use a, an app called Plan. P-L-A-N-N for my Instagram, for planning, hashtags, all of that. I want to share my banking app. So because I travel the world for two and a half years now and more, I use number 26 uh, as my online bank. I set it up online. It's in Germany. Well, actually, it's expanding to many different countries, but it's amazing. I've been using it for almost two years now. I love it. Just transferred, looks great, notifies me of any transactions that is happening. It's just such an incredible interface and an amazing company. So it's called Number 26. Actually, I have some, some like vouchers to give away to people so we can all benefit. So if you if you listen to it, just send me an email uh, or message me and I'll, I'll give you a link and we can all benefit from it. Um, my insurance that I use, I use World Nomads. It's an amazing insurance if you travel uh all the time and it saved me when I had got dengue fever in Thailand. It's a little bit on the expensive side, so I think I pay like 70 euros a month. Basically it's a thousand euros a year, but it's absolutely worth it. Um so that's what I get and then I use Evernote for everything. I love Evernote. I use SoundCloud for listening to music as well as Spotify. I use Canva for my images. And then I wanna share my recent kind of thing for all the online entrepreneurs out there. We just hooked up Dasharoo. So it's like Kangaroo but Dasharoo that um, basically pulls in all of your stats in like a in like a dashboard from Instagram, from Pinterest, from Facebook. So I'm kind of exploring that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much my apps, Robin. <laughs> I'm like uh, my
1: brain's exploding, but I'm so glad that this is all going to be in the show notes because I didn't write anything down. So. Uh- but it's uh, and some of them I already use. Like I use Canva for mm-hmm. for my images as well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm familiar with Evernote. But some of these I definitely had never heard of, so I'm definitely Be when sure when this episode airs, off. yeah,
0: on the show notes
1: <laughs> and the show notes for for my interview episode of you, uh, yeah. I'm gonna write everything down because uh, right. I definitely. I want to check out a few of those. Mm-hmm. So thank you. That was very no worries.
0: thorough. No worries. <laughs> I, I, I have much more to come. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could keep going. Yeah. So uh, instead, tell me, uh,
1: who are the people you follow in the blogs that you read? Mm-hmm.
0: So let me start first with the podcast. I'm a huge podcast junkie. Um, and, I'm, I'm, and I know like, listeners are curious to see what I, what I listen to to get my inspiration. So my all-time favorite podcast in the world is called How I Built This. Um, Are you familiar with it, Robin? I think so. I haven't listened, but I think I'm familiar with it. Yeah. So basically, there's this guy. It's it's produced by NPR, and he interviews the top world businessmen. So he interviewed he's interviewed the top people that I've never heard of anyone uh, on any other show, which I find incredible. And these are people like you know, uh, like the Starbucks founder and Chipotle, and uh, he like the manager of Lady Gaga, and uh, like incredibly incredibly amazing people who've built all of these empires, you know, like uh, so much, so much great stuff. Like I'm just looking at it, right? Like Zumba, like the founders of Zumba, the founders of Lyft, AOL, Kate Spade, Richard Branson, Zappos, like all of these people. And I find it so incredible because I listen to all of these people who've made it pretty much, you know, like the whole world knows them. And they're just people like me and you. They have their fears, they have their frustrations, and they didn't know if it was going to succeed. See they're not and they're so real and humble. I love it. And just brings me closer to success. So I love that. I've been recently listening to, um, Jenna Kutcher gold digger podcast. Um, I follow her. So she's one of the people I follow. She talks about business a lot. I love her Instagram. So that's why I got hooked. Uh, cause I wanted to, and she's one of those people who is kind of a role model for me in terms of how to talk on Instagram authentically and with your listeners and your audience. Cause she's very raw. And that's, that's my mission for the 2018, um, uh, then I listen a little bit to the to uh, Amy Porterfield, uh, online marketing made easy. I'm not a huge fan of the, the <laughs> of her personality, so to say, because we're so different. But I love how much value she gives on every single episode. So that's for business if you're running a business. Uh, a, a personal growth podcast that I found incredibly uh, transformative and deep and wise. This is like personal growth deep. It's called On Being. Very, very interesting. Uh, and then the other one that I really love is TED Radio Hour, where the, actually the same guy that does How I Built This. What they do is they they take um, the the most famous or the coolest TED Talks out there, and they interview five to six ted speakers on a specific subject so like there is an episode for example on truth and they take all the ted talks or like top five or six on truth and they actually interview them um on truth so that was really interesting and then i heard an interview have you have you heard of the movie um denial uh it's a new movie but yeah it's a new movie and i've 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 seen it like on a plane or something like yeah whatever that's i don't want to watch this because it's depressing uh but i've i've heard an interview with this woman uh on this podcast and she says it's a real story it's basically about how you know people are denying the holocaust and the whole story of her trial with this guy blah blah and like she's a real woman i heard her, and she's like yeah there's a movie deline based on my story was like oh my god so i watched it so these are the podcasts (laughs) um now the people i follow all time favorite. My personal growth guru is Daniela Port. I think people who know me, they know I, I've read her books. I follow her everywhere. I've, I've kind of—I mean, it's a—you know—there's some some people you follow for a long time, and then you kind of mm, dive into someone else. So I've, I I still listen to her and follow her, but not. Not as much, but I think she's incredible for everyone starting with personal growth. I follow Regina Anagiono, my guest on episode two. She builds uh, Humans of Online Businesses, her Facebook group. She's amazing teaching business in a very human way. I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks, um, (laughs) especially when I have my down days or... Or I need to figure something out or I'm just sick and tired because I have my down days and I hate them, but I know they're important and necessary. So I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks. For anyone not familiar, this is a little bit woo woohoo and it's a channeling uh, <laughs> person, but I love—I believe in the law of attraction. Um, so she's the law of attraction. She or them, I don't even know how to call them, but yeah, that's that. Uh, for all the Russian speakers out there, I love Mila. Her name is Mila Lifchuk. She's on Instagram and she's... Uh, You know, I've taken some of her programs, actually the second one, she talks about female dignity and femininity. She's a little bit more extreme, but I love how she's instilling confidence and really teaching women femininity on the Russian market. And my last one is, as I mentioned, Jenna Kutcher. She's an incredible Instagrammer, a woman that kind of figured out and cracked the code of uh, authenticity and rawness on Instagram. So, that's that for my people and my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another thorough list. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so,
1: leading into the next question, what are your favorite books?
0: Okay. So, for books, I have a couple. I'm just going to run through them quickly. Uh, of course, Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa pinkola Estes. This is the Bible into womanhood and femininity. Uh, the Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Uh, Big Magic by Liz Gilbert this is kind of the creativity side of things Um, I've read a book written by Diane von Furstenberg The Woman I Wanted to Be and it was amazing. I'm recently into fashion design, so she has an incredible story, very inspiring. Uh, let's get into, into some of the fiction stuff. I love Ayn Rand, um, Atlas Shrugged, and The Fountainhead. Highly recommended. She talks about objectivism, which is which I so relate to. One of my favorite all-time fiction books is the Hunger Games trilogy. Uh, I love the movie, love the Hunger Games, love this kind. of <laughs> Utopia or actually dystopia right um dystopia
1: yeah dystopia yeah, yeah yeah
0: love that and actually recently started reading another fiction book fantasy that kind of is reminds me of it and uh last thing i want to mention for books i really want to get back into and i highly recommend for everyone to read russian uh, literature russian fiction because i finished russian high school and um and i really want to get into reading uh, dostoevsky bulgakov and uh, chekhov for example, or any, any famous Russian literature authors, um, I feel like there's such incredible wisdom in there that I really want to reconnect to. And I, and, I, you know, I was reading them when I was young as a teenager, but I feel like today as a grown-up woman, I'd gain a lot more knowledge and wisdom. And the way Russian authors write is so deep. They're the masters of, like, psychoanalysis and, um, you know, people's fates and what's right, what's wrong, you know, War and Peace by Tolstoy, like I also want to read. But then, of course, I can read in the original language, which is Russian. But I highly, highly recommend um those those authors, Russian authors. Yeah, that's all I've got, Robin. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all I have. Buddy? That's all I got today. Sorry, I the list I really wish, continue.
1: I really wish you would have come up with a book or two. Oh <laughs> god, share. Yeah. Sorry,
0: sorry. I can Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me give it all I have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, you're being very generous today. No, but for mm. reals, uh, I think I think people are going to really benefit from all that you're sharing in these oh, so uh, tools and resources. So. Yeah, yeah. So finally, and I feel like we're coming a little bit full circle back to your tattoo yes. that you mentioned in the very, very beginning of this episode. But you said you were going to put on the, that tattoo <sighs> was going to have the answer to this question. So I'm going to ask it now. What would you like to be written on your tombstone?
0: Oh, my God. Um, so I would like to be written on my tombstone, something I'm going to write today. And it's not my phrase. It's, it's something I learned from y- my yoga teacher training, and I use it every single day of my life. And it helps me get through pretty much everything. So it's three phrases. And they're going to be tattooed today on my right inner arm up top. Um, it's going to say, It is what it is. We are where we're at. And this too shall pass. Yes
1: that's it that's that's it and I I think that's a powerful statement because you a lot of us don't want to embrace who we are where we are at this moment and and so that statement is all about you know I am who I am right at this moment in time living living my truth right now
0: yeah there's you know they're so simple and when I say them people are like what but the the beauty and the wisdom in the, is in the simplicity of these three these three different distinct phrases. Pretty much shape how I go through life and how I stay positive, and how life is just life is just a game and a journey, you know. And at the end of the day, what matters is that you just kind of had fun because you know I think that nobody knows what the hell they're doing anyways, and uh, we it- all yeah we're all going through life just to. Trying to figure out some of us push so, so hard without realizing that there's no need for it. And we're all just kind of on our own little train through life. So these three phrases kind of uh, just help remind, always yeah. keep me, keep me, um, remind me of that. Yeah. That's going to be a really
1: helpful thing to look at on your the inside of your right arm, you said, yes. when you're having those tough moments or when you're taking things too seriously or, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I am who I am. This too shall pass.
0: Yes, we are where we're at, yes. but pretty much the we same. We are where yes. we're at. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Very wise
1: and I'm and very helpful, I'm sure, for your future and helpful for others. So that's, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful thing to have on your tombstone. Mm, thank you. Well, thank you i This is the point in the show where normally I would thank someone for being on my show uh, so i'm going to thank you for being on your show, yeah, telling your story today. <laughs>
0: And I want to thank you for doing this because you know you didn't have to do this or whatever, but uh, you came on board. And I mean, it's 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 kind of a pressure and responsibility. But um, I really want to thank you. And I you're gonna be on, on the podcast coming as well because you have your own podcast. Uh, you're interviewing yeah. women over forty uh, who are athletes, and you've talked you've talked to some incredible women out there who like first time in the world marathon runners and all these women in their sixties and seventies that's fascinating Mm -hmm. i can't wait to talk to you
1: yeah yeah i mean it's been i've talked to people ranging in age from 40 to 92 wow all athletes yeah and some of them grew up playing sports their whole lives and some of them didn't start until their kids were grown Mm -hmm. and so it's just been a really fascinating process uh to to talk to these women and really really fun for me as as someone who's kind of Finding my way through an athletic world at an older age to to gain inspiration from the people that I talk to. Yeah,
0: so. I can't wait so, yeah. to have you on my show, Robin. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it'll be nice to be on the other side where you're yes. interviewing me. So <laughs> so that'll be fun as well. I'll get to I'll get to have a rare experience of having been on both sides of the mic for your podcast. Absolutely. So so thank you for giving me this opportunity. I like to I like new adventures just like you. So uh, this was a fun new adventure. And when you when you posted looking for people to do this I jumped on it because I just thought it would be a lot of fun and it was
0: it was definitely thanks so much Robin I really appreciate it and I can't wait to release this on January 1st
1: <laughs> yes I can't wait to I can't wait to hear it and share it with everybody as well
0: Yay! awesome thank you All right, so that's it for this episode with Anna Rova, (laughs) with me. I hope you enjoyed and took some valuable lessons from it. I'd love to hear from you, actually. Um, And of course, you know, if you liked anything or just send me a quick message and say you listened to my story and what you like, what you didn't like, I always appreciate some constructive feedback. And I also love you to um, ask you to give back and charge your karmic energy by sharing this episode with a girlfriend who possibly needs some inspiration to move forward with her goal or, you know, who, like me, has a Cinderella story and uh, you feel like she's going to really get a lot out of it. And trust me, me and her will be truly grateful. So you can share this episode straight from your podcasting app or simply send her to girlskill.com slash 21. Don't forget that a Girl Skill podcast is on Spotify as well, so you can easily share from that. And if you want to get any of the tools and resources I mentioned together with their descriptions and links, go to girlskill.com slash um, 21. All right. Enjoy the rest of your holidays. Are getting back into work because I know this might be um, quite a hard time. Uh, and again, happy new year! Love you, um, hugs to you all, and we'll see you back on the regular uh, Girls Kill episode next time. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and
1: experience.
0: Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. GirlSkill.com, female success redefined.